Welcome to the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast, a show designed for brand new sales reps working in the world of tech sales. I'm your host, Neil Buyan, and I'm going to be taking you on a journey on the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast. Did you know that you can watch this show live with the guests on YouTube? This show is available on YouTube at happyselling.io. Hello listeners, watchers and subscribers. Welcome to another episode of the SDR Disco Call Show. If this is your first time joining us, this show is all about helping brand new SDRs or BDRs in the world of tech sales. And the way that we do that is by interviewing great SDRs and BDRs from around the world. And my job is merely to be a host and introduce you to these great people. And if this is your first time joining, I would kindly ask that if you're listening to this in your local podcast platform, please make sure you subscribe to the show and give us a rating. And if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, please make sure that you like, comment and subscribe down below. So with this next guest, this is somebody that I prospected. Uh, I came across a great list of the top 25 SDRs for 2022 from, a, from Demandbase. When they put off a list and me being an SDR that I am, I thought, okay, I need to speak to these people. So guest, could you please introduce yourself? Who are you? <laughs> Hello. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name's Leon. I'm an SDR over at Trainio, which is a company that supports the tech world, hire great SDRs, and also pushes and is a big advocacy for diversity in tech. We take people from more underrepresented backgrounds, train them for free over eight weeks, and then place them in awesome companies, which I'm sure many of your guests has or have been working at. Love that, and thank you so very much for joining, and it's an absolute privilege to get you on the show, Liam. So Liam, for the, the watchers and listeners out there, where are you based in the world, sir? So I'm currently in, in my hometown of Coventry, which may be slightly different to the usual SDR one with a big hub in London. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a, repping the West Midlands. I'm in I'm in my bedroom in Coventry. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much. Uh, Train, you're a great company. Um, and I know your founders as well. And I definitely feel that they're putting something different into the market by upskilling SDRs, getting them into the world of tech sales and also training and supporting them. So sh shouts out and salutes to the Trainio crew. Um, so Liam, outside of sales, what kind of floats you by and what do you like to get up to, sir? Um, if we break it down for the week and the weekend, because they might be slightly contrasted. Ooh, okay, go for it. Please do. <laughs> In the week, I like to uh, try, try and eat well, go to the gym. That's probably the, the main thing that I do in the week. And on the weekend, I kind of tend to ruin that whole week um, <laughs> socializing with my friends eating not terrible but some not as good food and, and having a few drinks so yeah it, it, it's the balance right <laughs> that's exactly it that's definitely a balance mate thank you so much for sharing so as most of you know uh, at this point in the show what we like to do is share our screen so we can actually check out who is this liam fella uh, and as mentioned what we're doing right now is looking at his linkedin profile and a gentle reminder for all of our listeners and watchers you can find Liam's LinkedIn profile URL in the show notes if you'd like to connect with him or, you know, pick his brain on any topics that we discuss today. So, Liam, checking at your LinkedIn profile, you've got quite a lot of cool uh, content featured in it. And I highly recommend everybody check this out as well because this is where I did my prospecting research on Liam. Uh, but looking at your experience, what we can see is you had a stint working within recruitment, uh, you know, a, a level and way that I've seen a lot of SEOs get into this gig. But you were a recruitment consultant for data source recruitment. You was uh, an associate consultant at Michael Sharma Group. 
And for the past 11 months, sir, you have been an SDR at Trainio. So I'd love to know, in your own words, like, how did it all begin and how did you get to where you are today? Um, yeah, so I mean, if you asked me, like, what do you want to be when you when you get older? Sales, recruitment, SDR would, would never have been in it, right? I think mm. I mean, most people in sales, I, I fell into it. I was one of them, like, like many of us, right? So I was at uni in Cheltenham, um, really enjoying it having lots of great socials and nights out uni finished and myself and some of my mates um wanted to stay for another year like this is too fun we're not going to go home yet let's let's go <laughs> stay let's right party. yeah yeah and obviously to do that i couldn't stay with my part-time job now that i'm not getting a, a student loan right so mm. a few of us were like trying to find a job and my friend ended up getting a job in recruitment so i was like okay look recruitment obviously letting some people in right so i'll, I'll mm. go and apply to that um Ended up working at Data Source in Chalnum, being a solely resourcer. So at this point, still no contact with BD or or doing what I'm doing now. Mm. Um, but it was for like government and defence, mostly cybersecurity. So yeah. that's where I had the first sort of touch point with software or tech, I suppose. Right. Mm. Um, and I was placing these guys as contractors on wedge, like stupid money, like something like a thousand pounds a day outside our thirty four. So it was like. There's money in this space, right? So that's probably when I first opened my eyes to it. Um, yeah. Really enjoyable. Um, then COVID hit, nightmare. So that's when the university gang broke up and now we're yeah. all back in wherever we are based now. Um, I came out to Coventry, obviously tough market, right? Um, the only real skills I had was in recruitment. So the only place I was, I was going to go again was was recruitment. Yeah. Ended up joining Michael Sharma Group. That's when it was more of a 360 role. So I was actually tried my hand at more of the bd and cold, yeah. cold emails um really enjoyed that part of it less so with the candidate side i'd say um okay. definitely more led towards the the bd side of it yeah i had a friend at the time sunil who when i first got into recruitment actually mm-hmm. just left to be an sdr in tech yeah so i used to speak with him quite regularly just for tips on recruitment bd in general and from that have little bits of insights from him about this wonderful world of an SDR in tech. Um, ended up going through recruitment and thinking, you know what, I'm 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 done with this now. I'm, I'm, I'm I want a fresh challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm to know, hey, I'm I'm looking to get an SDR. I know you've, you've done it. Can I have some tips? And he was like, hey man, I'm just about to set up a eight week SDR boot camp where oh, we're trying oh. to help some people get some roles in 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 tech as an SDR. Come and give it a go. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll, I'll go give it a go. That was obviously Sunil, CEO of Trainio. Went through the went through the program, and he was like, hey man, do you want to come and do this for me? So I was like, yeah, we would love to. And that's where I am now, uh, STI for Trainio. I love that. That is such a cool story, man. So like, to break it down, like you know, you're obviously within university. You're loving that life, and you've got your collective together with your mates, and you're thinking, right, need to fall into something. What could I do? And you find that recruitment space. And as you mentioned, with a lot of us and a lot of our guests that have come on here, we kind of accidentally fall into sales or it's a path or a new door open that we hadn't thought about before. We thought, let's give this a shot. But just wondering out of curiosity, with a lot of our guests, they may be studying towards a sort of field. And then when they get into sales or recruitment, it's a completely different world to what they were actually studying was. What were you studying before, if you don't mind me asking? So I was studying English language. Mm. Uh, if you could ask me why, and I would have no idea as to why I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I was just super keen on going uni. I mm. think English being a core subject, 
I thought it may open some doors, right? Um, so that's that's why I did it. Was I going maybe more for the social and the education? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I'm not too sure on that. Um, but yeah, that, that's English. Obviously, of course, have I used it much in sales? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. No. Okay, fair play, fair play. Um, so like getting into this uh, recruitment stint um, where you were, you know, exposed to working with contractors and helping them find placements and they're earning, like you said, a big, nice bit of wedge. Um, what kind of skills were taught to you as a recruiter and kind of like, you know, what were the, like, what was the training like? What was onboarding like? And how did you get into that, you know, fear of, well, get over the fear of talking to people and trying to convince them to join another business? Um, uh, by, by failing a lot, right? So I wouldn't say I had a great deal of training in, in my first role. Um, it was more sort of, because it was less BD and more sort of just go and find the people. It was like, hey, my manager would pick up a job. This is the sort of person we need. Go and find them, right? So there's like mm. lots of trial and error. It did make me quite good at rapport building and sort of not cold calling per se, but I think it warmed me up to the idea of just bringing strangers out of the blue, right? And I know it's... Mm less of a more sort of sales call kind of sales call but less of what i'm doing now yeah um, but yeah i suppose the, the core skills that i learned with just doing the resourcing side of things was probably people management building rapport um phone skills they were probably the main things that i built built there yeah. in my first role i love that thank you for the insight it, it, it's a point where you know i've worked with a lot of iron managers and you know internal talent teams or recruiters and they always say to me neil where's the best place to start and i'm like people that have worked in recruitment that are looking for a new challenge and looking to transition and I've come a lot uh, get past of quite a few people that have done the recruitment gig and they've then started placing SDRs and like oh actually I could do this or I'd love to do it uh, and as mentioned like when you went into your next group uh, which was at Michael Sharma like you was introduced to the world of tech yes. and that sort of side of sales and you were doing a bit of a more of a BD role for somebody that was studying English that then went into recruitment what was your first take on the world of tech sales and what did it mean to you back then um that's a good question i don't my, my, my very first take of tech sales wasn't really until i spoke to someone about what he was doing so it was probably more of a take on just the tech sector as a whole which was a place where really smart people worked who were super super technical software whiz kids mm. that earn a lot of money that was really my first <laughs> take on it which is why yeah. when i first saw these contracts earning a wedge i never thought i'm gonna go do that because i didn't think yeah. i would to even get my foot in the door of tech which i think a lot of people since me being in tech i find that other people thought the same thing right yeah you're right you're right and like thinking back to to my days of when i got into you know this industry it didn't exist before. I had no idea what of what it was. And similarly, I just thought these were just normal salespeople earning big commission checks, working in some way of sh shape or form with software. But I didn't know to what extent or, you know, how you got into that. It was just a, a complete different world. Yeah. But when I got into it, the way I used to pitch it back in the day was startup sales or SaaS sales. Like for a good five or six years, I was always saying the word SaaS sales because that was the word synonymous with everybody that wanted to get into this industry. And it wasn't until the pandemic hit and we saw this massive shift of people changing careers and changing jobs now getting into this world of what they would call tech sales. And that's how we recognize it today. And 
with a lot of the guests on my show, that's kind of the way they position. I don't really hear anybody say SaaS sales as much, but more tech sales. But if you were somebody now pitching or advising people to get into this career, how would you pitch what tech sales is to that newbie? Um, so I'd say it's less of this massive technical thing that you might think it is. It's actually this really innovative, super cool, forward-thinking culture of really cool people where you can grow quite a lot as an individual and mm. also earn a good amount of money, right, which helps. And I think for talking as an SDR, as an entry-level role, I don't know many others out there that pay similar for someone mm. who's never worked in the role before that could just walk into it. So I'd absolutely tell them to go and give it a stab because it's 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 more than worth it. 100% dude, and I, I fully agree with you. And I think, you know, this technical aspect where we think it is a technical role, that may be uh, the blocker for some of us to go apply for these things and explore it. And, you know, I, I saw this, thought the same thing. I remember when I went out to my first SDR job in California and we had this guy talking about APIs, integration. I was like, I have no idea what this dude is talking about, you know? Yeah, yes. straight over my head, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, but the advice that I would give is you don't have to be a technical whiz, but you have to have some sort of interest in yeah. that space or how things work and be curious about it. And, you know, being an SDR, you're going to be asked hundreds of questions by leads and your prospects of how does this work? And the honest answer to give is, I don't know yet, but I'm going to go find out and then I'm going to come back to you. And then it's over time of doing this that you you know, you start building a little bit of technical uh, and product knowledge. But as that recruiter, you had this mate, Sunil, who was doing this SDR thing. And, you know, you kind of said to yourself, I've come to a point where I want to do something new and I want a new challenge, right? But you're still in that thing and speaking to him. At what point or kind of what was the catalyst for you to think, all right, I've done this recruitment thing. I'm done, not so much done with it, but I've got to where I want to get to. I want to do something new. What was going through your mind and what helped you start thinking along those lines of that you wanted to change? Um, how old was I at the time? I was 24 and I was earning okay in recruitment, not great. Um, just had a new car, was looking at getting a flat with my mate. So bills were going to go up. So I thought I need to sort of start earning some more money. Recruitment mm. was good, but I never really fully enjoyed it and thought this is where I'm going to stay forever. So I was like, okay, yeah. I need to quickly understand or get an idea of where I want to go and what I want to do with my life. And I think just from having the back and forth with Sunil, we've had similar-ish sort of patterns of going through recruitment and going to tech. So I thought, I'll speak with Sunil. I know he told me it's amazing. Um, yeah, did do that. Again, sort of refreshing my mind sort of what it was about. He sent me Sam Nelson videos. Okay. Um, so I watched a few of them and I was like, I can see the transferable skills here. It sounds quite cool and exciting. If the money is what they say it is, then it's definitely worth going for. And then that's and how it evolved into me thinking, um, yeah, this is what I'm gonna I'm gonna do. And it's really cool, like you said, you're doing your due diligence, like you're you're weighing up, okay, where are you with your life? Where do you need to get to? You realise you're gonna have to earn more if you want that sort of life. Speaking to Sunil, kind of on a similar path, he's giving you insights and then he sends you videos with this guy with blue hair from Outreach. <laughs> and then you're kind of looking to yourself and shouts out to Sam as well, I'm a big fan. Um, you're kind of thinking, yeah, do you know what? Based on what I'm currently doing, I can transfer these over. And I think that's a very key point for our listeners and watchers that are contemplating getting into this field and world because 
I think what I used to do is I used, I wouldn't say I studied job descriptions, but I do this every couple of weeks. I was even doing it this week where I'd look at roles in companies and look at what they're looking for in terms of responsibilities and competencies. And rather than saying, can I do this? Can I not do that? I ask myself, when have I done those things before? Or have I done something similar that I could apply it to this role? And what you can then start doing is building up a story of if you went into said job interview and you're asked that question as to, well, why you? Based on the job description, I've seen you're looking for this. Well, here's an example. So it's always good to think about, you know, things that you have done, not what you're looking just to do and how you could apply it there. Because I think as a former hiring manager, I would come across a lot of people that didn't have the experience of working in tech sales. And this was their first, you know, approach to it. And I wasn't looking for somebody that was fully versed, did SDR training or watched online courses, etc. I was like, have you done something in a similar role or have you done something in another company which is similar to this that you could bring those skills into that as well? Yeah. So that's kind of my mindset. But what advice would you give for somebody that hasn't done this before and looking at that job description and they're, you know, pooping their pants and thinking, I don't know if I'm going to get through the first round. What, what advice would you give to them? Um, I think you'd be surprised at how many transferable skills there are to an SDR role that come from completely different industries. Um, speaking from what experience we're training, you know, the, some of the people we place that come from no sales experience into awesome roles, right? We have like people from retail backgrounds, hospitality backgrounds, call center backgrounds, recruitment, mm. some phone sales, which is again, the sort of similar pattern. There's so many transferable skills. And I think as long as the, the core strength of building relationships not being afraid to get told no a thousand times. You have that bit of <laughs> grit, desire, coachability yeah. is a huge one. If you've shown those things in previous roles, you, you'd make a solid SDR for sure. I love it. You heard it straight from Liam, guys and girls. Love that. Thank you so much. So coming on to like a next piece of your career. So you're speaking to Sunil and he's saying, look, I'm building this company called Trainio, and it's around this SDR gig. And I remember um, about a year or two back where we were kind of in the midst of the pandemic and we were kind of coming out of it and the world was changing. And I even realized not everybody was looking for an SDR trainer, but a lot of people wanted to get into an SDR position. And I started seeing academies or, you know, companies that were helping upskill people that maybe hadn't done this before and then helping them place them into roles. And my SDR heart sung out. I was like, great. People are now really taking this SDR thing seriously and they're investing into it to help the next generation of salespeople or future leaders come into this space. But if I get it right, he was kind of building it out and you were kind of like one of the founding team members. Would that be right in saying, Liam? Yes, I was their first SDR. Okay. That was that was quite cool. Yeah. So Please, like for for myself, I'm like really interested in this. Like, what was it like in the early days of joining this on, and what was that, you know, that path for you of like helping define things, but also learn things? What what was that experience like in the first couple of months? Super fun, super rewarding, but very challenging. Probably like I've worked in small business before, but I think being part of a startup at almost the very start, right, is super cool. Like you have so much responsibility um to, to to perform right you you have such you're not made and i'm not trying to slag off big companies here like, at <laughs> all but i know if yeah. you're in like a, a large sales team if you don't hit your numbers you have other people sort of getting numbers there and pushing it up right yeah being the only sdr in a startup it was like if it's a case of not hitting my numbers train yo aren't hitting their numbers so yeah that was a big challenge 
sort of getting around that. But I think the growth I've had in the 10 or 11 months I've been here is insane compared to what I would have had in a larger business. So I am grateful for it. And I think I've mm. come along, I've come along a lot more as not only as an SDR, but as a person, just working, working for training, which has been very rewarding for me. Yeah. I love that, mate. So as you said, like in the early days, like a, a smaller business that's looking to build compared to like a bigger company, you're right. If, you know, an individual doesn't hit their target, then the manager has the rest of the team to, you know, hope that they bring in stuff as well. But when you're working for, like you rightfully said, if you're like one of the first through the door and you're not hitting your target, then the company's not hitting the target. And that is a challenge in itself. And, you know, it's difficult in the early days when you're trying to get a product market fit, you're trying to build awareness around your business, you're trying to speak to leads and convince them to, you know, go along the sales process. How did you overcome that? And what were the learnings from that, like building it out from the beginning? Um, so I think I just threw myself into it. Like I'd just come off the back of Trainio's eight-week boot camp. I felt prepared. Like I, I, I knew how I was going to prospect, what I was going to do. So rather than maybe in previous roles where I thought, oh, should I, should I try this outreach? Should I do this? It was just a case of, look, you've got to do it because you need you need to jump <laughs> up, right? So yeah. it was just throwing myself into it, doing sort of like cool voice notes, different sort of cold call outreaches, video prospecting. Um, so that's that's how it came around. And, and luckily for me, Tronio is a, a great service, great product, how, what you want to call it. So there was a lot of positive response from the market. Like similarly to yourself, people thought this was something that was worthwhile getting involved with. So yeah. it was... It helped that I was, what I was selling was something, one, I believed in and I'd gone through myself, and two, it was something that was genuinely needed in the market. So, yeah. I love that. I love that. Thank you. And to your point with perseverance and that grit, you, you've made it here. You're still here 11 months, and like, hats off to you as well. Um, and a beautiful thing that you said there, Liam, was, you know, not only have you progressed in terms of being an SDR, but this has helped you as a person. What fulfillment has this role brought to you on a personal level see that's another <laughs> another solid question so i think it's just brought a sense of maturity i think being like the party guy at uni which i've still <laughs> enjoyed don't get me wrong yeah, yeah and getting that first role of recruitment and still sort of like doddling through the role i'd say to now i'm like i'm super passionate about tech sales really enjoy the industry um want to help bring new people up which is something that i've not really done much of until now sense of ownership um being proud about what you've done and what you've achieved i think it just makes you a super different person than to someone who was maybe early in my career sort of just walking through and milling through sales the same way right so yeah, that's that. that's the personal growth i think i've had that's beautiful dude thank you so much for sharing um so you know like another element of so your first one through the door you've been with the business for a couple of 11 months and you know other people are coming through uh potentially you're helping them out what what skills or traits do you think sdrs in those first couple of months especially working with a company like trainer what things should they be taking into mind as they're you know they've gone through the eight week boot camp they're now coming onto the front lines are actually doing this gig what things should they start honing in on so the three main skills I think that an SDR needs is grit, desire, and coachability. It's it's tough. You're going to hear a lot of no's. Hopefully, you know that before going into the role because that can be quite overwhelming for new SDRs. Mm -hmm. If you have that 
drive to to succeed and keep pushing through those no's until you get a yes because the yeses will be a lot fewer than the no's right mm. we'll also have that mindset of self-awareness if it's not working rather than just blaming the product or the company or whatever it might be is understanding okay what am i doing how can i get that better what's going really well for me and how can mm. i actually make that better right so it's it's having that coachability that mindset to want to improve to constantly try and improve going sitting next to the best rep in the business and understanding how they work and then emulating that it, it's it's needing that bit between your teeth to really want to go out there and smash it and if you if you have those things like it doesn't matter what background you've come from university non-university whatever you'll smash it hell to the yeah Liam, i love that thank you very much sir um so 11 months on what does the business look like compared to like when you first started and now it's grown a little bit? What's what's the main differences you've seen? Um, yeah, so the the main one is growth, right? I think we've gone from having some awesome trainers to now a really whole roster of awesome trainers. We've expanded into the US. So we've brought Jess on over in the US to be my, my counterpart um, to smash the BD over there. So we're seeing growth we're going in the right direction which is super super fun to be a part of like hearing the really having a part of and really being in the room when omar and sunil are uh, talking about which direction we're going to go in how we're going to get that how we're going to achieve that is super super cool so yeah yeah it's different right i was i was on my own there was less of a team and now we've got meeting on a thursday with a whole team jump on and i see everyone's faces in the boxes like (laughs) that didn't happen before which which is now super cool to see the growth so yeah, yeah, yeah. We're 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 going in the right way. <laughs> I love that, and it's fun to see things like that where you know you come on on as a founding member, you stay with the company, you start seeing growing, you start seeing new faces, and obviously, like some of us have lived in a bit of a remote world, and now we kind of have a hybrid working um, culture. Also, sometimes changes as well. You know, this is the way that we've done it. This is the way that we've always done it, and then new people come on board and then enhance that. And then to your point with Sunil and the other owners, like figuring out, okay, which journey we're going to go through. For you, when it comes to culture, what makes a good culture when you're working in a startup, do you think, Liam? Um, I think it's, I think in, in, in a startup, I suppose it's just trust. Like we are lucky and very fortunate to have Sunil and Omar, who I think are really, really forward thinking people in terms of how we should operate and having all these bright ideas. And I think, they they hire on trust like they they bring people on who they think hey look we trust you to go and get this done if you need the help obviously come to us we're there to support you but there's not a micromanagement there's not although it is although it is a high pressure environment i'm never made to feel under pressure or or uncomfortable it's super super smooth flowing really fun place to be the team's great and i think yeah because it because the whole thing is built on that underlying trust that people are going to get their jobs done it's it the numbers are going to come in let's not look at i don't know how many calls they're making or what what mm. how much time they're spending doing x y or z it, it's it's just complete trust which i think is great and lucky to have because i appreciate obviously not maybe not all businesses can feel as though they can operate like that and which yeah. is which is a shame um but yeah i'd say that's the biggest thing for trainers culture is just that freedom to go and complete things how you want to complete it and not rather than being if you have success or have a fail, is rather mean judge on those failures. It's, it's going to those senior leaders and, and then looking at it and saying, okay, how, why did this fail? Why did this work well? How can we change this? How can we improve this? This is 
awesome. You have that support, but also yeah. that trust to go and grow. I might have gone 50 million different tangents there, but I hope mm. my... Uh, no, no, de- de- I hope the message was straight to you. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it was like in order to foster that good culture, having, like you said, a level of trust that, you know, you can be autonomous and you can get jobs done. But equally, you know, you're able to get perspective from other people as to, you know, this could be done a different way. And if it hasn't worked out, coming together and figuring out, okay, why didn't it work and what else could we do? And then giving the ability to go do that and having the freedom of choice as to how you, you know, execute, but understanding also at the same time that everybody has a job to do, but we're doing this together. I think you eloquently put it together. So I totally understood that. And I assume our listeners and guests as well. Um, what was the next point that I wanted to ask, which was with, with yourself, um, doing this SDR gig, you must speak to a lot of people in your network that have maybe worked in recruitment and now they're thinking about this SDR gig and you've been at a business that specializes and help out there. Are there ways that you try to attract people to get into this gig? And if so, like, how do you do that? Um, yeah. So what I tend to do is just give them my, my own story, right? I think. I always try and push them to training and say, here's what we do. But I think it resonates with people better when they hear genuine stories of people that have, that have been there and done that, right? So I sort of go through with what I thought tech sales was, this crazy, scary place, what it turns out actually is, this really awesome place. And I always do, I think people are afraid to talk about money in in, in some worlds. I don't mm. think it's the right thing to, to do, right? So I always tell them, hey, look, this is what I was on. This is what I'm earning now. So I gave them a real perspective of, this is the money that can be earned. It's not fake. You might have heard crazy things on TikTok. I'm seeing loads of TikTok trends at the moment of people talking about tech sales and all the comments are, this is ridiculous. There's no way you earn this much. But mm. you really, really can. The earning potential is ridiculous. And I think slowly the world is starting to wake up to it and starting to see it, but there's still so many people out there that don't know. So yeah, I try and educate as much as I can through the DMs on, on LinkedIn. as I'm I love it. Front. Yeah. I love that. So like you said, telling like your own story, so it makes it relatable. Also advising of the earning potential is real. And you picked up on a point which, you know, I fell foul of in the past. It's talking about money and it's a scary thing. And I think where it came from for me was when I didn't earn as much before joining an SDR gig and then a recruiter presented me with a salary of an SDR. I was like, what the hell? Like, how did this happen? There must be something fraudulent going on about this, you know? And the one bit of advice I was always given by a friend, like I've got a bestie called Phil and Phil, if you're listening in, is we as best friends, the one thing we never spoke about to each other was salary or money or how much we got paid. And we actually worked in the same companies as well. And he always said to this thing to me, like Neil, where sometimes when you talk about money, it can either change people's mindsets towards you or it can change you as a person. And what I've come to learn in the last 10, 15 years is money doesn't really change people. It does change the people around you. And what I mean by that, Liam, is you start earning a certain wage or working within an industry, then the people around you who are earning on a similar wage, there are different type of people that you may have worked with previously in another company. Sometimes money can change people. I've, you know, in the past when I was younger, it did go to my head a little bit and I became a little bit arrogant. I'm not going to lie. And then I was humbled when that didn't work out. And I've kind of like, don't talk about money because sometimes people will take advantage of you of that. Where do you think the fear of talking about money comes in where it's kind of like a bit of a taboo? Where do you think that stems from? I think it's two things. I think one is as a kid, like, I think it was kind of drilled into me, like, don't really ask people about money. Like, money's kind of yeah, that taboo thing. I can't think of a solid example of my childhood, but I'm sure for most people it stems from childhood. Mm. I think 
yeah, there's just a weird thing with a lot of companies still out there that I've seen that when placing people or hearing people have been placed in my old recruitment days that you can't, in the contract, you cannot talk about money or salary and that's really quite protected. And that's yeah. obviously to protect the business, right? I'm assuming so they don't have to sort of pay everyone more, which is, which is, which is dumb. So I think it's drilled in from an early age. And I think that when you're so receptive to things when you're young, that's really quite powerful when you grow up. So I'm always the same. I used to not really talk about money too much. Um, but yeah, since doing this and seeing the, the forward thinking people, like, like I said, like everyone sort of talks about it and it's quite a transparent world where you can sort of mm. discuss that and see, see what the crack is. So, which is quite cool, but yeah. Definitely, definitely. And I think um, to your point, traditional businesses, like I remember going through um, recruitment processes where money wasn't spoken about till the last thing of that yeah. cycle with recruitment. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have had a lot of SDRs where I've interviewed them where they've asked up front what is, you know, the potential salary for this? And I'd always give it to them and let them know and ask them the question, is this prohibitive for you? Is this something enough to help you move forward in this conversation? I just want to be upfront to make sure we're making best use of everyone's time. But in the old days, when it kind of got done to me, I was just thinking like, well, imagine if I went through a great process, gave a presentation, spoke to all the stakeholders, and then they hit me with a salary which is way below what I was expecting. I'd be like, what the hell? It's just a waste point of time. in that? Yeah. You know? It's a waste of time. So I think asking that upfront, or at least... If you're somebody, you know, listening or watching this show, go on to websites like payscale.com or Glassdoor and look for those annual salaries and go in with an expectation. Now, the tip that I gave my sister, who's recently gone into tech sales and she's never done sales before, um, she said, I said, go find out what the market rate is and then yeah. bump it up in terms of what you want. Because the hiring managers and the recruitment team, and again, I'm giving some inside tips and this may not be true for every company out there, they will have a certain budget that they can pay towards. And what I would hope to do is go in high, they're probably gonna lowball me and come in with a, a bit of a lower offer and then I'm looking to then increase it up a little bit. So let's say an arbitrary number of, I don't know, uh, 50K as an entry level role for an SDR, I'd say I'm looking for somewhere between around 60K. They would say, well, you know, we're offering around 50 for it. I'm like, well, can you meet me at 55? They may haggle a little bit. And then after that, I, the other things that I would say is there are four levers and this is advice I'm giving as a former hiring manager, and then I gave to my sister, is you've got your base, right? That's what's going to be coming in as a regular income each month. That's what's going to make you happy, pay those bills, pay that car, be able to go out on the weekends, have a drink or two, and then get serious in the week. <laughs> and then the other side of it is, um, you know, variable, the compensation, what does that look like? So the question I'd always ask is, with the variable, you know, what percentage of those reps are actually hitting that target month on month, and is it realistic? The other bit I'd ask is the other lever, which is equity. So for some companies, they may offer warrants or shares, which are a part of a pool. You know, if you're an early person in that company, that's something you could ask of. And then the last lever that I pull on is career progression. So, you know, if I do this role for about 12 months, I'm successful in it. What could that lead on to? So when you're negotiating with that salary or talking about money, the four levers you can pull on is base, comp, shares or equity or career progression. And that's with my sister, she got the offer she wanted because she negotiated. She'd never negotiated in her life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, I would say don't get scared about money, but educate yourself on that. Or speak to other people like Liam or, you know, people at recruiters, ask them like, what's the market pay? What's going on? And what advice would you give, et cetera? What, what are your thoughts, Liam? No, that, that's solid. So I've not thought about shares before, which is probably because I'm not used to this world massively yet right or wasn't when i when i was first looking into it but i think the other three you mentioned there if i was going for an sdr role now fresh 
the three things that I'd probably want to know would be the biggest driving factors for me, and I think should be for other people trying to get into to SaaS tech SDR role, um, is career progression for one. How far can you sort of got got this ladder? What what sort of rewards are waiting for you? Salary is hugely important. I mean, there's a market average out there, right? There's no point going into a role where you're going to take less. Unless they can benefit you with awesome things that you are looking for, awesome. But mm. to me, there's a market average. I'm looking to at least get that or more, right? And hugely, hugely important. You can hear about uncapped commissions, people talking, you can earn mystical amounts. But if the SDR team aren't hitting target consistently, mm. it's likely you're never going to see those crazy money you're looking for so i'd always ask what percentage of the team are hitting targets and then understanding why they're hitting targets and how they're enabled to do so that's going to give you a real insight into what a really serious tech company's going to and have a great career thank you very much you know i don't think we've actually covered talking about comp or variable or salaries on this show before but that's some solid advice and hopefully again guests and listeners and watchers hopefully that helps you out and if you've got any questions via the Liam and myself put some comments in the description below. We'd be happy to take it further Down as well. Down blue, <laughs> indeed. Money, money, money. Um, so the last thing that I wanted to ask was, okay, so if we go back to this Liam that was in uni, studying English, didn't really know which way to go, then got into recruitment, and then, you know, started this sales journey. If you could go back to that dude, and maybe after a weekend of partying and kind of when everything was back to normal, what three bits of advice would you give him, Liam? If he was about to embark on the same journey as you now, um, I would say do a bit of research around the SDR role. Understand maybe a bit more what it's about before, because I, I think I, I think I got hold of it late. If I had that a bit earlier to say, hey, look, rather than sort of going through the motions at the moment in recruitment, do something you don't really like, but you're not really looking elsewhere, and just make that move and go and did a bit of research quickly and understanding sort of what's out there more so i think moving quicker rather than just going through the motion would be that would be one of the main ones um secondly would probably be have, have more confidence in myself i think i think i was working roles i've, I've worked in retail hospitality rec obviously recruitment is the, the earliest one on my linkedin i think yeah for, for a lot of the early of my career um I probably didn't have much faith in thinking I could where I could get to where what could be an opportunity for me, mm. and I think that's probably a reason why maybe the first one I didn't get myself out there as much. I think a lot of people don't maybe don't believe as much as they maybe believe they couldn't achieve as much as they could do. Yeah. Um, so definitely having the belief to go and do it, and thirdly is probably get yourself on LinkedIn, um, start being active on LinkedIn make some posts, make some connections. I didn't realize how powerful LinkedIn was. And I worked in recruitment using it every day. I mm. had no idea the power of it. Now I'm an SDR and like utilizing it and using it, trying to be consistent. I may have fell off slightly, which I'm sure I'm trying to uh, come back around to. It's, it's a, such a powerful tool and it can help you open doors um, to places like an SDR role. So I, I, that'd be my top three. I love that. So, you know, like obviously do your research before jumping into this gig, get a good understanding, either speaking to people like yourself or other people out there doing the role, 100%. Having a bit more faith in yourself and the belief that, you know, you are somebody special, you are somebody great and you can achieve things. And it's that, you know, scary thing of taking that first step and putting yourself forward. It, you know, either takes time to build in that confidence, but the more you do it, the less scared you will be doing it and the more your confidence will build. And definitely the power of LinkedIn. You know, if if it wasn't for 
you being on LinkedIn and being a top 25 SCR to follow in 2022, I would have never have met you, dude. So, you know, that's the power of LinkedIn. It's just, it's working here, dude. (laughs) I absolutely love that. Thank you so much for sharing that, Liam. So, Liam, are there any uh, shout outs or kudos that you'd like to give on today's show? Um, I'd like to give a shout out to Trainers Recruiter Jordan. Um, Well, no longer recruiter, actually. I'll take that. Trainers Lead Trainer Jordan. Um, He was one of the uh, original members like me putting the graft in, made Tranio get to where it is. So I think he deserves a shout out. Um, and maybe, I know it's mostly SDRs, but he knows a lot about it. If you ever fancy someone else to get on the podcast, might be worthwhile having a chat with him. But yeah, I'd like to shine. And my mum, of course, why would I not shout my mum out? Um, she may watch this. She probably will. So hey, mum. If you've hey, got- Hey, Hey, Liam's mum. Enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm really the two, the two shout outs I'd give. Love it. Thank you so much. Um, so I want to say also a massive thank you to our listeners, watchers and subscribers joining us on Liam's journey today. Just a general reminder, if you're listening to this in your local podcast platform, please make sure that you give us a like and a rating and subscribe. And if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, make sure that you like, comment, subscribe down below in the comments section. And again, with Liam, we're going to be sharing his LinkedIn profile in the show notes. So if you want to pick his brain or question him on anything that you heard in today's show, feel free to reach out to him. But Liam, uh, a big thank you to you for joining on this episode. I look forward to following you and your career uh, and seeing where you get up to. But thank you so much for joining on the SDR Disco Call Show, sir, and happy selling. Yeah, happy selling. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Neil. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to sdrdiscocall, one word, at bcast, which is b-c-a-s-t dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR BDR, MDR or ADR and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'd love to have you on board.